Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. Today I'm continuing on with this series I've been doing on the fruits of the Spirit, and I'm looking today at faithfulness. Now, God is faithful, and so we too must be faithful. As the Holy Spirit does the work of transformation in us, then we're being remade into the image of Jesus Christ. So it's no surprise then that one of the fruits of the Spirit that we bear will be faithfulness, because God is faithful. There is a great need for faithfulness, and there are many scriptures about the need for being faithful, as well as the faithfulness of God toward his people. So this session, we'll look at a sample of those, not everything on faithfulness, it'll take too long, but it'll look a sample of those to gain an idea of the faithfulness of God, as well as the faithfulness that we should develop. So my objectives today are to look at the faithfulness of God, briefly, and secondly, to understand the faithfulness that we should develop and the reasons why we need to be faithful. So we'll jump right in. The first scripture I want to look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, reading verses 4 to 9. I give thanks to God always for you because of the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him with all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So what we see here, first thing we see here is that as we go through all of these things, and it talks about the grace of God that was given to us and how we've been enriched in all speech and knowledge um, as the testimony of Christ was confirmed amongst these people, and how we are not lacking in any spiritual gift. And the reason why is because God is faithful. He doesn't pull this away from us. When we come to the Lord, he gives us all of his gifts, and he doesn't take anything away. He is faithful to us through thick and thin, through everything that we might go through. So God is faithful, and because God is faithful and we are being transformed into the image of God and of Jesus Christ, then we too need to learn to be faithful as well. The next scripture I want to go into is in Romans chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 4. Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews are entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true, though every man be false, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. So what we see here in this uh, scripture in Romans chapter 3 is that God can't be anything but faithful. As it says there, by no means let God be true, though every man be false, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. And our faithlessness, if we lack faith, if we are lacking in faith, our faithlessness does not nullify or negate the faithfulness of God. He is still faithful to all of his people. Even in those times when you lack faith and when you doubt and when you fall down and when you um, do things that you shouldn't do, God is still faithful because he wants us to come to him. And he continues to give us our gifts. He doesn't take them back from us because we've done a naughty thing. He doesn't take things back from us because we've been unfaithful. No, he continues to help us and to guide us and to hope that we will learn from our mistakes and turn to him with faithfulness. So this is it. So, you know, even though some people are unfaithful, their faithlessness does not nullify the faithfulness of God. We need to remember that. The next scripture I'm going to go over into is 
2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 11 to 13. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now here's another scripture that says basically what I was saying a moment ago. If we are faithless, if we do the wrong thing, if we even step away from God, he remains faithful. And he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful because he has made promises to us to say that he will be with us and he will work with us and he will help us to overcome if we will only be faithful and look to him, look to Jesus Christ. So when we're faithless, he still remains there in the hope that we will return back to being faithful. And this is why faithfulness is so important. God is faithful and we need to be faithful also. We must be faithful. The next scripture is over in First Thessalonians and I'm reading... Um, chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 19 down to 24. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Now that last verse there, verse 24, tells us everything. It says, he who calls you is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his people. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do all of these things. He will sanctify us. He will set us apart. He will give us the Holy Spirit. He will give us all of the gifts that he has promised throughout the generations, throughout the last several thousand years. He'll give all of these things to us when we ask and when we are faithful to him. And he will do these things because he is faithful. The next scripture is Luke chapter 16. And I'm going to read from verse 10 down to 13. He who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. And he who is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this is a great scripture, and there's so much teaching in this, but I'm looking specifically at the faithfulness aspects of this, where it says in verse 10, he who is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. So if you're going to be faithful in the tiny, 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 tiny small things, you'll also be faithful in the big things. Some people can be faithful in big things, but then they say, oh, the little things don't matter. You know, you hear people talk about the little white lie. They wouldn't tell a dirty, great, big black lie, but a little white lie every now and again, well... But that's not what this is saying. What this is saying is you have to be faithful in the little things. You don't tell the little white lies. And he's talking here also about money. He says he is dishonest in a very little, is dishonest also in much. Now, let's say you go to the shop and you get served by the shopkeeper and they give you back too much change. What do you do? Do you walk out and say, beauty, I had a win there? Or do you say to the shopkeeper, I'm sorry, you've made a mistake, you've given me too much and give them back the money? 
Because what you're doing, if you take that money, is you're stealing. You're stealing from their profits. And let's face it, if he shortchanged you, if he gave you too little change, you'd pretty soon jump up and down and say, hey, you've made a mistake, buddy. You owe me whatever the short change was. So we've got to be faithful in the little things. So, you know, even if you're at the shop and he shortchanges you a dollar or, or sorry, he, he gives you a dollar too much in change or even 50 cents or whatever, give it back to them. You've got to be faithful in the little things. He talks about unrighteous mammon. Well, mammon is wealth and riches and money. And when he talks about this unrighteous mammon, he's saying you've got to be faithful in this thing because to, to God, money's nothing. It's unimportant. It's a small thing. For man, it's a big thing. But for God, it's a small thing. It's irrelevant in the total scheme of things. God didn't invent money. Man invented money. And he says down the bottom there in uh, verse 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So you can't serve things that are going to drive wealth. You can't serve the things that are going to increase your wealth and prosperity and, and uh, riches and money and serve God. Because at some point in time, there's going to be a conflict. That's why you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters because at some time there will be a conflict and you will have to decide, are you with God or are you with your money? And a lot of people go the money route, sadly. And even amongst the church, there are many in the church who have fallen to things like this prosperity gospel, that is rampant in many parts of the church, and they have not realised that that is a lie. Prosperity gospel is a lie. It's not about money. As it says here, you cannot serve God and mammon. God doesn't promise you great wealth. He promises to provide for your needs. He doesn't promise you a billion dollars. So stop looking for it. We need to keep our minds set on the right things, and the right things are to set your mind on and serve God and Jesus Christ. And be faithful in those things. Be faithful in the small things. And if you do happen to get money, well, that's great. If the Lord blesses you and he gives you money, well, that's terrific. But use that money, which is a small thing to God, use that thing wisely and use it faithfully. And if at some point in time there comes a, a time where you have to make a decision between God and your money, choose God every time. Because God is the one who will give you salvation and eternal life. Money will not do anything. The next scripture I'm going to go into is in Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to look at verses 42 down to 46. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise steward whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions." But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know, and he will punish him and put him with the unfaithful. Now this is a very important scripture. He starts out there in verse 42 and says, Who then is the faithful and wise steward? Now, a steward is someone who is given charge of things that belong to someone else. And as servants of God, God gives his servants things to take care of. And in the case here, and I believe that in this section, he's talking about 
the people who are the teachers and preachers and priests and ministers of the Lord and the pastors and so on and so forth, who God has entrusted with his people who are very precious to him, very precious to him. And we are to be good stewards, those of us who teach and preach the word to the people of the Lord. We are to be good stewards, wise stewards, and most importantly, faithful to God. Because if we do, there's a reward. It goes on, it says, who then is the faithful and wise steward? So this is the one that's doing the right things, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. So he's saying to his teachers and preachers and pastors and ministers to feed his people. As he said to Peter, he said, Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. He wants us to feed. He wants his pastors and preachers and teachers and ministers to feed his people the wisdom and the knowledge of the um, gospel of salvation of the kingdom of God. He wants them to teach them so that they can grow and be strong. And then he says in verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. So when, when the, the pastors and preachers and so on do this as they are instructed and as is part of the stewardship that the Lord has given them, if they do these things, then they have a blessing. But then he says, and he says, truly I say to you, he'll set them over all his possessions. But then when they go astray, so, but if that servant, okay, so this is the steward, if he says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk. So here we have a situation where these teachers, these pastors, these preachers and so on are not acting in faithfulness. They are not acting in wisdom as stewards of God. They are taking what God has given them and this is the men servants and maid servants. These are the congregations, and they are ripping them off. They are fleecing the flock. They are taking from the flock either power, prestige, and quite often money. And we know about the prosperity gospel, and I have said many times, I've said it here earlier, it's a lie. But when they do that and they take that for their own gain, then they're doing what this evil servant did, this faithless servant did. If that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, and this is what they're doing. If they do that, then it goes on in verse 46 and says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he does not know and will punish him and put him with the unfaithful. And there's no doubt that we have seen some of the uh, pastors and preachers of the, uh, the gospel, some very high profile ones, and they have come to a great fall. They have tumbled from the pedestal that they had put themselves on when the Lord came at an unknown hour and he showed them up and said, what you're doing is wrong, and he cast judgment on them. And we can't be like that. We must be the faithful and wise stewards that are helping his people, because ultimately we are called to love one another. And this is the, the commandment that uh, Jesus gave. He says, a new commandment I'll give you, to love one another as I have loved you. And love does not fleece the flock. Love does not beat the men servants and maid servants. Love does not take advantage of these people. Love does not take advantage of these people. So the next scripture I'm going to go into is in 2 Thessalonians. And I'm going to read chapter 3, verses 1 to uh, 3. Finally, brethren... 
Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed on and triumph as it did among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from evil. Here's a great promise of faithfulness. He says, if we are faithful, if we are faithful, then the Lord, who is faithful, will strengthen you and guard you from evil. So when you remain faithful to the Lord, he remains faithful to you. I mean, he's faithful all of the time anyway, but he remains faithful to his people who are holding fast to the faith and who are coming to Christ and who are learning. And he will strengthen you. He will guard you from all evil. And it says elsewhere, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Okay, so if we draw near to God, how do we do that? By being faithful. Then he will draw near to us. And of course, the devil will flee from us because the devil cannot stand to be in the presence of God. He will send him away. He will cast him out as he has done. He's thrown him out of heaven. So this is important. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen us and guard us from all evil. The next scripture is over in Hebrews chapter 3. And I'm going to read, uh, where am I? 1 to 2. Hebrews 3, 1 and 2. Therefore, holy brethren, who share in a heavenly call, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in God's house. Now in these verses, we see an example that's been set for us. Jesus was faithful to God. Moses was also faithful to God. Now they were faithful to God in all of the things that God gave them to do. In the same way, we must be faithful to the Lord in all that he gives us. We must be faithful in our study and understanding of the word. We must be faithful in our, um, in our prayer life, in the people that we come into contact with, in sharing the word where we can. We must be faithful in coming to Christ and trusting and obeying God and handing all of our anxieties over to him, particularly in this time when we're going through this, this worldwide epidemic or pandemic of, um, of this coronavirus. We need to be faithful. We need to be strong. We need to trust that the Lord has everything in control. And that's faithfulness when we do that. The final scripture that I'm going to go into is over in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, and I'm reading verses 14 to 23. For it will be as when a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, I'm going to stop there because the next section talks about the one who received the one talent and the evil that he did and, uh, and how he was punished. And he was sent out with the unfaithful. But I want to talk about these first two because the Lord gave them 
charge of, in, well, five talents and two talents. And a talent was a amount of money. It was um, um, a talent of silver was about a thousand shekels of silver or something like that from memory. I could be wrong on that, so um, if you want to look it up, great. But anyway, these were things of value to the master. And he gave these things of value to his servants, to three of his servants. To the first one, he gave five talents. So he gave him quite a lot. To the second one, he didn't give quite as much. And the last one, he gave very little. But in all these things, we see that when the master came back, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's the thing that we are hoping to hear from the Lord when the Lord returns. We would want him to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That is the great reward. And he goes on, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. Now, even though these talents were worth a considerable amount of money, the master, and we're talking about Jesus here, the master considers that to be very little, insignificant even, not important. And we saw back in that other scripture I read earlier about he who is faithful in little is faithful also in much. And that's really what it's saying here. He says, you have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And this is the, this is the reward that we receive for our faithfulness. We will enter into the joy of of the Lord. We will enter into the kingdom of God and we will receive um, eternal life with him. So I'd just like to finish that there where it says, well done, good and faithful servant. And those are the words we would want to hear the Lord saying to us when he returns. So just a couple of quick points to consider. Since God is faithful to his people, should we not be equally faithful to God for his blessings? And of course we should. And also, do you now see a little more of the need for faithfulness and the blessings given to those who are faithful? Well done, good and faithful servant. As a prayer point, just take a moment now to ask the Lord to help you grow the fruit of faithfulness in your life. And if you need help understanding faithfulness, ask the Lord to teach you what you need to know so that you can hear the Lord say those words, well done, good and faithful servant, on the day of judgment. That's it for this session. Next time, I'm going to look at the last of the fruits of the Spirit, which is self-control. So until then, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, signing off and wishing you a safe and healthy week ahead. May the Lord bless you in all you do, and I hope you join me again next week as we look at self-control. 